0: comes not except to steal kill and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseo Afuaqua. Pastor Afuaqua is the founder and general overseer of Faith House Charismatic Chapel International, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to preach and teach the word of faith for people to know God better Live life better and impact their world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen.
1: Great to be with you tonight. We give God praise for the gift of life and for His message. The Bible says, is of the Lord's message we are not consumed. For his compassion, faith, not they are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. We thank God for giving us a privilege to meet and share fellowship on this platform. Thank you for your time with us. If you are new to our YouTube channel, I encourage you that you subscribe and then you click on notifications. If you are also Facebook, it's great time to start a watch party so others can be blessed by the ministry of God's word. Shall we please bow our heads as we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight, Spirit of God. Our gathering is unto no other but you. We pray the Lord in this time of sharing, you grant us understanding and illumination. Let your word come with precision and understanding. Grant me clarity of thought. In the name of Jesus, as your word goes forth, let power go forth, let healing go forth, let deliverance go forth. Thank you, Spirit of God, that you confirm your word with healing and testimonies. In Jesus' matchless name, amen. Okay, so we continue our series on attributes of true followers. The call to follow Christ is a lifetime call of followership. And we need to understand what it means to be a true follower. The Bible says, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Jesus never left anyone in doubt on what it means to be a true follower. And so we've been examining what the attributes of true followers are. True followers can always be distinguished from fake or false followers? What are the things that distinguishes true followers from other followers? The first one we said is that true followers are decisive. True followers are decisive. Many times people came to Jesus. He gave them the conditions to be a follower and some could not decide and embrace it. Others also embrace it wholeheartedly and they became followers. So true followers number one are decisive. We said that Decision is the first step to becoming a follower of Christ. Number two, we said that true followers are deep. True followers are not looking for a hit and run relationship with God. They are in for the long haul. These guys are committed. They are dedicated. They are sold out to God. That's what true followers are. True followers are deep in their love for God, in their dedication to God, in their commitment to God. True followers are deep. And I pray that you'll be a deep follower of Christ in Jesus' precious name. Number three, we said true followers are doers. True followers are doers. They are not just hearers only, deceiving their own selves, but true followers are doers. They put the things they learn from Christ to work. And if you are going to live lives as true followers, we must learn to put the word of God to work in our lives. The Bible says, whosoever heareth these things of mine and doeth them, He is the one I will liken unto a wise man or a true follower. May we become true doers and may we become true followers in Jesus' precious name. Last week, we began looking at the fourth attribute of true followers. And we said that true followers are devoted, Acts 2, verse 42. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves. True followers are sold out. True followers are devoted. True followers are not lackadaisical in their commitment. They are sold out. They beam with passion. They exude zeal for the kingdom of God. True followers are super devoted. What does it mean to be devoted? We touched on four things. We said to be devoted is to be sold out in love with God. To be sold out in love to God. When a person is sought out in love to God, we describe him as a true follower. Number two, we said that true followers show great love, commitment, and unflinching loyalty to God, a person, or a cause. Where you are a true follower, you can always be distinguished from others by the depth of your commitment, your devotion, your love, and the strength of your commitment to a person. And then, of course, true followers, we said, consecrate, dedicate, and pledge themselves in absolute or total surrender to God. Some people have surrendered certain parts of their lives to God. They claim that their heart is for God. The kind of music they listen to is not for God. The kind of friends they maintain are not for God. The kind of places they go are not for God. Any place in your life that God cannot feature in, any place in your life that God does not take preeminence in that area that's not a place you have fully surrendered to god when your life is totally surrendered to god every area of your life every aspect of your life god has a say in it that is what it means to surrender your life totally to god and then of course number four we said to be devoted is to become addicted to god and that is very consistent with our focus for this year kingdom addiction to be addicted to God and his kingdom. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Last week I started talking about core areas where true followers are devoted. Our devotion must be seen in certain specific areas. If you are truly devoted to God, our devotion to God will be seen in a number of areas. And last week I talked on two of them. We are going to continue with some eight more. So we are looking at 10 core areas of devotion by true followers. 10 core areas of devotion by true followers. The first one, which is a reminder of last week, is the fact that true followers are devoted to God. True devotion begins with devotion to God. Before we can ever become devoted to the church, before we can ever be devoted to preaching the gospel, before we can become devoted to any other thing, we first of all must devote ourselves to God. The Bible said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. So our first and great commandment, our first and great commitment, our first and great devotion must be to God. So my question to you tonight is that are you devoted to God? Are you sold out to God? Sometimes you can be committed to a church and not be committed to the God of a church. Many people are committed to many good causes, but they are not committed to God himself. And no matter the kind of causes you commit yourself to, your resources to, as long as you are not committed to God, it makes no meaning at all. You need to be devoted to God. The Bible said, my son, give me your heart and let your eyes observe my ways. Number two, we said true followers are devoted to the word of God. Devotion to God will always lead you to devotion to his word. Why? Because God and his word are one. The Bible said, my word have I exalted above my name. In the book of John, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. So when we are truly devoted to God, we'll be devoted to hearing his word will be devoted to studying His Word. We'll be devoted to reading the Word. We'll be devoted to meditating on the Word. And we'll be devoted much more in putting the Word to work in our lives. That is what true followers are. True followers devote themselves to the Word of God. The Bible says that the church they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. The Word of God was their primary devotion. Jesus told Martha... That you are troubled about many things. One thing is needful. What was that one thing? Devotion. Sitting at the feet of the master. And then drinking from the wells of wisdom. Wells of revelation. That is the most important. Are you committed to the most important thing? Is the word of God a priority in your life? Is this something that you pursue above all things? David said, oh how I love thy law. It's my meditation all day. Thou through thy commandment has made me wiser than my enemies. God's word makes us wise. God's word makes us strong. God's word guides us. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. May your path be guided by the word of God. Today, we want to continue. We are looking at number three. True followers are devoted to fellowship. True followers are devoted to fellowship. In the book of Acts chapter 2 verse 42, the Bible said, and all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching the word and then to fellowship, to fellowship, to fellowship. The word fellowship has a lot of meanings in the Greek. On the average, I mean, if you ask, Where do you fellowship? It's quite a common question that we ask people all the time. When somebody says, I'm a Christian, the next question you are likely to hear is, Where do you fellowship? Somebody says, I go to Pentecost. Another says, I go to ICGC. I go to Lighthouse. I go to Assemblies of God. I go to one of those churches. Where do you fellowship? So, in that sense, it means membership to a local church or to a local assembly. In the Greek, the word fellowship means much more than that. For some people, to fellowship in the place simply means to have your name on the road or to be part of people who go to church at that place. But is that all there is to the word fellowship? The word fellowship comes from a Greek word, kononia. And kononia means to associate it also means to participate. It also means to contribute. It also means to share. So, when we talk about fellowship, we are talking about associating with the people, participating in what they are doing, contributing to a particular cause in a place, and sharing in what goes on in the place. That is what fellowship means. You are not part of the fellowship of a local assembly if your contribution is not felt in a place. If you don't participate in what they do, some people they are just in church, they don't participate in whatever goes on. Their strength is not available for the advancement of the kingdom or the church. They don't contribute financially, they are not committed to the church, they just come and receive and go. That's all, that's not fellowship. True biblical fellowship means you share deeply in the life of the church. You participate wholeheartedly in everything that goes on there. If you are going on outreach, you are part. If you are reaching out to people, you are part. If you are giving, you are part. Whatever we are doing, you are a part. That is what true fellowship means. The Bible says, be not deceived, evil communication, corrupt good manners. The kind of fellowship we keep the company, we keep matters a lot. The early church was committed to fellowship. The Bible says they devoted themselves steadfastly to fellowship. Fellowship. When read the book of Acts, there are many records of they were all with one accord. They were in one place. They were together. That word appears again and again, again and again. When you meet people who share in fellowship, they are together most times. They do a lot of things together. You can't claim to be part of the fellowship of the saints or of a church where you go maybe once in a month or two times in a year. That's not fellowship. Fellowship means that you are consistently there. That's what the Bible says in the book of Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to love, to act of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. That's fellowship. Our meeting together. We meet together. They They met together for prayer. They met together to receive the word of God. They met together to share in communion. You remember when Peter was arrested, the Bible said they were together praying until he was released. That is fellowship. Number four is devotion to prayer. They were devoted to prayer. Prayer was one of the things that the early church was devoted to. And as followers of Christ, we have been commanded to devote ourselves to prayer. Jesus said, men ought to always pray and not to faith. The early church devoted themselves, Acts 242. And they devoted themselves to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer. Are you devoted to prayer? When you are devoted to prayer... You don't pray occasionally. You pray at all times. You pray daily. Prayer is a priority for your life. Prayer is an essential part of your life. It's not something you do because there's a crisis in your life or there's a need in your life that you are meeting. When you are devoted to prayer, you have a time of prayer. The devotion of the early church to prayer was seen. When they instituted an hour of prayer in the book of Acts chapter 3, the Bible said Peter and John went to the temple at the hour of prayer. Listening to me tonight, do you have an hour of prayer? Do you have a time of fellowship with God? Where there is no need, there is no special agency on your part. You just want to share fellowship with God. Do you have that kind of time with God? That's what identifies you as a true follower of christ in the book of colossians chapter 4 verse 2 the bible said devote yourselves to prayer being watchful and thankful ephesians chapter 6 verse 18 he says praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for the saints." first timothy number two verse one he said i saw therefore that first of all supplications prayers intercessions and giving of thanks be made for all men. That's why you and I ought to be devoted to prayer. So when we say we are devoted, we mean to say that we are committed. We have a habit. It's become part and parcel of our lives as true followers of Christ. Number five is devotion to obeying and pleasing God above all else. Where you are truly devoted, you don't live for yourself you live for God your primary commitment is to honor God and to obey him in all things you remember in the book of Acts the Bible says in the Acts chapter 5 verse 28 to 29 after they preached and a lame man was healed they were strictly warned not to teach again the Bible says say did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name and look you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us But Peter, take note, Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. That is a language of devoted followers of Christ. Devoted followers of Christ are committed to obeying God when it's convenient and when it's not convenient. A lot of people in our times only obey God because there is something to gain out of it. When Obeying God will cost us something. When obeying God means suffering. When obeying God means that we are going to be inconvenienced. When obeying God means that we are going to lose something. A lot of people backtrack. A lot of people will run away from it. Now, if you run away from obeying God because it's going to cost you something, I beg to tell you tonight that you are not a true follower. A true follower obeys God at all times. Jesus said, he that sent me is with me. The father has never left me alone. For I do always the things that please him. A true follower does always the things that pleases God. Are you in it for yourself or you are in it for God? True obedience, the one that will bring you super blessings will always cost you. Before Jesus could obtain a name that is highly exalted above every name. The Bible said he became obedient unto death, even the death on the cross. Are you that obedient? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, oh, king, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. We are committed to obeying our Lord and our master. And so you can do whatever you want to do. We will not bar. We are committed to honoring and obeying God. That must be our commitment as well. I know that you may be looking for something that has not come. You are looking for a job and somebody is placing a demand on you. Before I give you the job, you may have to give me your body. That is a time to stand up as a true follower and say, no, my body is a temple of God and job or no job, I'm going to honor God. That is a commitment. That is a resolution of a true follower. And I tell you, if you make such a commitment, God will honor you. God will always honor you. Those who refuse to bow, they never bend. God always comes through for people who will stand to uphold his name, who will stand to bring honor and dignity to the name of Christ. A lot of people only profess to be Christians when it's easy. But to be a true follower, you must take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow him. The Bible said, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. May the grace to be doers of God's word, rest upon us. Apostle Paul was speaking in the book of Galatians chapter 1, verse 10. He said, For do I now persuade men of God, or do I seek to please men? For if I still please men, I will not be a bond servant of Christ. So, when you are a true follower of Christ, your primary commitment is to please God. Sometimes, in pleasing God, we end up displeasing men. There are times where we please God and men are comfortable. But most times, if you have to really please God, you will provoke the wrath of many people, particularly those who are not saved. And that is the time to stand up to your right and to do that which honors God. Pleasing God is what makes you a true follower of Christ. Receive grace to please God at all times. Number six, devoted to loving one another. Devoted to loving one another. Romans chapter 12, verse 3, Be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. Listen, you see, love is designed to be our way of life. A Christian who does not understand love, who does not walk in love, can almost be described as an unsafe person. The Bible said, by this we know that we are passed from death to life because we have a love one for another. One of the sure signs that you are born again is the love of God flowing out of your heart. The Bible said, hope make not ashamed." for the love of God is shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Your ability to love people just like Christ has loved you is proof that you are a true follower of Christ. True followers are always identified by their love life. The early church, when people saw their devotion to one another, their devotion, their commitment and their love which they shared. They took notice that truly these were disciples of Christ. The Bible says in the book of Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, he says, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children. And the first thing he talked about is walk in love. Verse 2, when you are a follower of Christ, you walk in love. So if you are a true follower of Christ, one of the sure signs is your walk of love. Are you walking in love? Or you are walking in hatred. There are a lot of Christians who do not know how to get along with other Christians. They look for perfect Christians to get along with. But the truth of the matter is that none of us is perfect. And none of us would be. The reason why we are expected to walk in love is because we are imperfect. God loves us with all our imperfections. And he expects us to love others with all their imperfections. Love is kind. Love is patient. Love is enduring. Love hopes. Love trusts. That must be our character as true followers of Christ. The Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians 16, verse 14, let all things be done in love. Let all things, let all things our greatest witness to the world is our love work. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 13, verse 34 to 35. He said a new commandment I give unto you That you love one another as I have loved you That you should also love one another This is a major difference From the love command In the Old Testament In the Old Testament We're commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves In the New Testament We have to love just as Christ has loved us Unconditionally You may not love yourself But you have to love another person That is what we are called to do He said by this Verse 35 all men will know that you are my disciples. It's unfortunate that in our times, it's by our tongues. In our times, is by our attendance to church. In our days, it's by our service in church that we want people to know. Jesus said, one of the things that everybody should look at you as a believer and know that you are a Christian in your workplace, in your home, in your marriage, in everywhere you find yourself, is your love life. How deep is your love? How much of the love of Christ do we reflect to the watching world? That's what shows that we are true disciples. Every other thing may be in place, but if love is not in place, we are failing in our witness as true followers of Christ to a watching world. And mind you, the love of God is a given love. When we are genuinely in love, we give. When we love people, we give to them. That brings us to number seven. Devoted to meeting one another's need. Devoted, The early church was committed to meeting one another's needs. If anybody had need, it was a need for the whole church. Look at what the Bible says. And all the believers were united. Acts chapter 2, 4, verse 32 to 35. And all the believers were united in heart and in mind. And they felt that what they owed was not their own. So they shared everything they had. They shared everything. The kind of Christianity we practice in our time is ownership Christianity instead of stewardship Christianity. The early church had stewardship Christianity. Everything they had, they saw themselves as stewards. And so they were willing to release it to meet the needs of others anytime there was a need for it. When you have an ownership mentality, you find it very difficult to give. The truth of the matter is that, whether you have embraced a mindset of ownership or a mindset of stewardship, you are truly not an owner. You own nothing. The Bible said we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. So if you came naked, Job said naked I came out of my mother's womb and naked I returned. No. Now if you came out naked and you returned naked, it means truly you own nothing. The Bible says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world. And it is certain we can carry nothing out. Now, if we brought nothing and we can carry nothing out. That means everything in between the time we came and the time we go. Is entrusted to us. And it's entrusted to us to use, to bless others. To use, to build this kingdom. To enjoy some. And to use, to make sure that others are blessed by it. That is why give it is one of the major characteristics of true followers. True followers understand that God gave them his very best. And everything they are given is just but a token of expression of their love for God. There is no way you and I can give as much as God has given us. God gave us his precious gift. And mind you, he's still given to us. He didn't just give us Christ and that was all. He still given to us. The Bible said, If God spared not his own son, but gave him up freely unto us how much more shall he give unto us freely all things so he gave us Christ to set the stage for us to receive all other things from him. now if God is giving this much to us you and I must also learn to give we must learn to share there is a need around it there is a brother in the church who has need and you have capacity to meet it that is not the time to go and tell pastor find a way to meet that need particularly when you know that this is not an irresponsible person. we just trying to take advantage of the believers because that is also there. There are people who come to church and they refuse to work and they just hang around after service. They just look at people who came with some kind of car or the other and then they go to them and beg. And that ought not to be so in church. When you have a need, the Bible says that all that had need, they brought people who wanted to meet needs. That was order and structure. Look at it. Let's read it again. The apostles testified to the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and God's blessing was upon them all. There were no needy people among them because those who owned land or houses will sell them and bring the money to the apostles to give to those in need. Now that's how it was done. So those who saw need, those who had need, were identified in the church, and the structure was in place. The believers shared what they had. And then the needs were met. The Bible says in the book of Galatians chapter 6 verse 2, it said, Bear ye one another's burden and so fulfill the law of Christ. True followers are committed to bury one another's burden. If one has a need, everybody rises up to meet it. The Bible said, Be not deceived, God is not more. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10, it said, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let's do good unto all men, especially those in the household of faith. If you and I are living as true followers, then we'll be committed to meeting the needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ. Number eight is devoted to service. Devoted to service. 1 Corinthians 16 and verse number 15. You know that the house of Stephanis was the first convert in Achaia, and they devoted themselves to the service of a lost people. I heard you, brothers and sisters. They devoted themselves to the service of the lost people. Are you devoted to service? There are too many people who are in church who are not committed at all. When it comes to serving the needs of the church, meeting the needs of the church, and serving one another's need. The Bible said they devoted themselves to the service of the lost people. You must understand that no child of God is called to sit and receive. We've all been called to serve and give. All of us, take note of that. All of us, no child of God is called to sit and receive. We have all been called to serve and to give. The Bible says in First Peter 4, verse seven: Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve at best as faithful stewards of Christ in various forms. All of us have been gifted. Everybody in church has been gifted. You must deploy your gifts, your abilities, your talent, your skills to advance the cause of Christ. Don't sit in church and be idle. There is always something you can do. And in our church, we encourage people. There are already service units available for you to serve. But if you can't find one, create one. All you need to know is to notify leadership. Well, this is what I would like to do in the church. And then we will rally around some people around you to get it going. But don't sit in church and be idle. Our labor in the house of God Is richly rewarded by God It will be rewarded in this life And is rewarded in eternity That's why you must make time To invest your life in the kingdom of God And in the cause of Christ The Bible says in Galatians 5 verse 13 He said for you brethren have been called to liberty Only do not use your liberty As an occasion for the flesh But through love serve one another We have to serve one another By love use our gift To serve one another by love and then number nine is devoted to preaching and reaching the world around them with the gospel, the early church was devoted, you remember before Jesus went he told them that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth that was a commandment given them and these guys sat on it, initially they didn't want to do it, you don't know for whatever reason But God was so committed in getting the gospel out that he provoked or he instigated persecution against them. So the Bible said, when they began persecuting them, they went everywhere and began to preach. You remember in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8 verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. At that time, a great persecution arose against the church, which was at Jerusalem. And they were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. Verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. They went everywhere preaching the word. You and I are expected to go everywhere preaching the word. In buses, preach the word. In your lecture hall, preach the word. Among your friends, preach the word. Among your colleagues at work, preach the word. There is only one thing God never placed a limit or a time on. We are called to preach the word at all times, in all places, and to everyone. He said, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. The business of preaching the message of Christ, the gospel of Christ were lost well. It's not a message given to a few professionals. It's a message given to all. All of us are committed and must be committed to the preaching of the gospel. True followers are never ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation. I pray that every shape. There are times where we have the courage, we have the boldness to do everything else except sharing the gospel with people. I pray that spirit of timidity will live your life and the boldness to share the gospel with others at all times, may that boldness fill your life. That's what the Holy Ghost really was given to us. The Holy Ghost was given to embolden us to preach the gospel. From today, I see you preaching the gospel. You will preach the gospel with everyone. You will preach the gospel in every place. You will preach the gospel at all times. In Jesus' precious name. If you believe that, just type an amen. Finally, true followers are committed to making other disciples. True followers are committed to making disciples. You know, what we preach, we preach to convict, to save. But we teach to establish And to make disciples. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He said, teaching them to observe whatsoever I have commanded you. For lo, I am with you always. When we talk about disciples, disciples are not just converts. Disciples are people who have decided for the Lord. And are living for the Lord. And are devoted to the Lord. That's what disciples do. So, our work of evangelism is always incomplete. Or remain fruitless until we move our converts to disciples. When a person becomes a disciple, he knows why he believes what he has believed. And it takes a lot to make disciples. Oftentimes, we bring people to church, we invite them to church, they respond to altar call, they get saved, and then we leave them at that. But listen, real discipleship begins when a person gives his life to Christ. And we must not just Go out and reach out to people and get them saved. We must disciple them. Get them established. Get them taught. Get them rooted in church. And that way we know that they are firmly rooted and grounded never to go back. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 4 verse 19 Say my little children of whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. If you meet a true disciple, Christ is formed in them. They are not living for themselves. They live for God. I pray that these devotions will become your devotions. You'll become committed, you become devoted to these ten core areas. The moment you begin to demonstrate devotion in these areas, you and I can be described as true followers. May the grace of God come upon your life. May the anointing of the Holy Ghost rest upon you. May the power of God rest upon you. And may every weakness in any of these ten areas I've talked about give way for the strength of God. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive grace to be devoted to God. Grace to be devoted to his word. Devoted to making disciples. Devoted to fellowship. Devoted to walking in love. Devoted to sharing the gospel with as many people as possible. Devoted to prayer as a lifestyle. In the name of the Lord Jesus. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord watch over you. The Lord preserve you. The Lord meet you at the point of your need. In Jesus' precious name. Amen. Great if you are not born again and you would like to give your life to Christ, I would want to pray with you a simple prayer of faith. It's always a joy to lead you on this path because that's what life is all about. Life begins not at 40, but life begins with Christ. If you want to begin a new life and a better life for that matter, pray this prayer of faith with me. Lord Jesus, I thank you today. I admit I'm a sinner and I call upon you. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart you died for me, and I confess that you are my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. If you pray this prayer in faith, I want you to know you are born again. You are Savior, a child of God. You are a candidate for heaven. And we want to hear from you and want to encourage you in your walk with God. Send us a WhatsApp, send us an email so we can stay in touch with you and help you as you grow and walk with God. God richly bless you. My life, My life, will,
0: life. will never be. It will no- Afuaqa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory success and limitless prosperity to get a copy of this message and other messages as well as books by Pastor Afuakwa please call 0540 or email us at faithhousechapel at get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram you can also visit our website www.faithhousechapel.com for any other information Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our celebration services. Our first service, 6.45am to 8.00am. Second service, 8.15am to 9.45am. Third service, 10am to 11.30am. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service with our first service, 5.45pm to 7.00pm. Second service, 7.15pm to 8.15pm. At our church auditorium on the top floor of Nanama Ejakomar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santasa Tassaranabad, Kumar.